look for it next. Main Street here. If you can hear my voice coming through your headphones, that must mean you are listening to Oral Regions. I am your host, Brian Garcia. Oral Regions is a fiction storytelling podcast that plants you, the listener, in the head of a character as they tell a story in real time. This is the fourth episode that you're listening to, and it's called Dead Conversations. It's written and performed by Los Angeles-based writer Karen McCrory. This episode is about relationships and the meaning we find in them. So without further ado, I give you Dead Conversations. We are very close in this life and very far apart. Today my father tells another father of another daughter that this other daughter has died in a car accident. Father was a cop and has told more than a handful of various relations that their other various relations have died. Fathers, daughters, mothers, brothers. It's our world. But today on the phone, he tells me his daughter what a bizarre world we live in or more accurately what a bizarre thing living is which other people saw as a weird request but one that I feel I totally understand. I say I, say I feel because I obviously do not know that I understand it, do not know that I'm feeling along the same lines as this father. In another, in another odyssey, I say I feel I understand this because I am in fact not feeling anything here. I'm thinking about how I would feel, what I would need in a similar situation. So I think I understand this father asking for a copy of his daughter's death certificate because I assume it is, to him, or would be to me, proof. 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 A hard, factual, factual object that he can put his fingers on, where he once could have run them through his daughter's hair, or dialed her phone number. A piece of paper that says, definitively, she is not at a friend's. It is not that you just haven't spoken to her in a while. It's not that she's on a trip and unreachable by phone or email. She's dead. I would, I would need that, that hard copied copy reminder. For a while, I would, I think. The act of dying seems like the supremest surrealism we can accomplish in this life, or after this life is a more accurate thing to say, I suppose. One day your daughter's there, or at least you think she's there. Somewhere on this earth, she is really and truly there. And then one day you get a call from my father telling you that you are no longer a father, not by definitive standards of realism, at least. I am a very logical person, but even I get swept away by emotions and desires, and I would need the cold, the factual, the object, the proof to remind me that I had lost something in this realm of existence. That I had lost something. That I had lost something. Sometimes it would seem like she was still there. Still there. Unless your daughter was someone you saw every day. The general process of life right now requires us to see a select group of people every single day. Most people to whom we consider ourselves close are people we see regularly but not daily. In dying, this daughter took something natural and forgettable, her everyday presence in the world, and made it a permanent presence absence for her parents. Not that she did it on purpose, but she did it. Do you think they, you think thought, they of thought of their daughter, once, daughter a day? once a day? How often did they speak on the phone? Did they spend every holiday together? How often will they think of her now, do you think? 
absence. Absence is a presence that weighs heavier than its alternative sometimes. That is a bizarre thing, like living. I believe that I think of my parents once a day, or at least every other day, even if it's just passing. But when my father was telling me this story, I felt denser in my own existence. As much as I was feeling the existence of my father, and the sadness that comes from picturing his death, or my death, but the separation of our two very real existences, what I was feeling more was his feeling of my existence. My existence. In that conversation, he took a different father-daughter story, Put us, put us in it. And suddenly I wasn't just talking to my dad on the phone. I was talking to my dead father on the phone. Or more, or more accurate, 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 accurate. talking to my father on the phone. Hey, sorry I missed your call earlier. That's okay. What do you need? I was just calling just to see what I needed to wear this weekend. Oh, technically, technically we spoke all of that before he told me the story of the father and his daughter. So that was a live conversation. Or a live, live conversation. And... <laughs> Saying it now, nothing about it seems eerier if you imagine me and my father dead during it. It would be a normal, pleasant conversation for a father and his dead daughter to be having. Oh, anything. Yuck, yuck, yuck. It's not fancy or anything. You can, you know, you can wear whatever as long as it's actual. Complete with jokes and references to nudity and quiet, passive-aggressive spousal warfare. Really, when I think hard about it, being able to have any conversation with her father as a dead daughter would be pleasant, right? Because that's the whole point of death. You don't, you don't talk, talk about nothing whenever you feel like it anymore. I am swimming in that death molasses, and wondering if my father is going to take this moment to tell me how much he loves me, or if I should take the moment to tell him. But what I end up saying is, I'm sorry you had to do that. And it is not the right thing I know to that say. it is not. I know that it is not what I meant to say. Please dial. Three, three, zero, six, We're going two. to, um, I'm going to get a nanosuit if you don't put it out. Um, sorry. Um, and... You have already contacted us to verify your activity. Please disregard this message. In other words, our fish is real fish. Hey, it's Dad. Uh, give me a call. I had a question in regards to, I had a uh, Apple Store uh, discount card, and my question is, how do I redeem that in for... Uh, Hurry, space is limited. Use your supersonic speed and sign up. Dad, I was just wondering how your move went. And whether you like to new play, give me a call. Let me know how it's going. Bye. No more messages. Goodbye. Uh, can I get a coffee? And for here, please. Here, please. I notice a lot of small things, taking in details of the street scene before me with that forced heightened awareness that comes with the public display of having nothing to do. The yellow chair on a fire escape. I wonder what it means that the chair is enormous leaves seemingly sprouting out of the roof of a garage. The workers' abandoned gloves hanging precariously on a balcony's banister. These tiny pictures seem to want to make something bigger than themselves together, seem to be saying, with, what do I mean? What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. I'm a human. People 
say consciousness is what sets us apart from animals, but I consider animals pretty conscious because no, I think what sets us apart is what sets us apart is metaphor. Animals cannot be metaphorical. They can't or do not make those connections that the way things to bigger picture. They don't have the what do we mean which I feel is quite clearly what sets me apart from animals. I think I could like a place like this. I could like this place. With a book and a different Darista, I could like it. Hey, Dad. Hi, sweetie. What's up? I just wanted to call this morning to see how the move was. Oh, right, right. Fine. So how did it go? Fine, was what I meant about the move. It was fine. You know, I'm not unpacked yet. Just trying to get some caffeine before I tackle all the boxes. Before? But it went fine. The new place seems nice. The neighborhood? I meant the apartment, but yeah, the neighborhood too. Good, good. I'm glad to hear it. Well, that's all I was calling for. Okay, thanks for calling. All right, let me know if you need anything. I won't. I will. There wouldn't be anything I could make that he could give me. Okay, I love you. I love you too. too. Phone calls with my father are becoming a routine. I don't know when that happened. I don't happened. know when that happened. My phone's in my hand. So I stare at so it. So I stare at it. And I stare at my hand. And here I am trying to tell you what that means. Isn't that a funny habit? Isn't that a funny habit? Because our hands are those things that are a part of us, but also our main point contact of contact with the, with the outer world. world. Maybe I just think I'm special because I try to eat mine, and that seems, seems to mean something, something to me. me. I just spelled out why I'm staring at my hands. The simple, simple logical reason. But my brain is fighting to tell you what that must relate about my person, about my habits. Why, why on a deeper level, level, I might be staring at my hands. I guess the fact that it might mean nothing, nothing that we might mean nothing, scares my hands. Because if that's true, if none of this means anything, then the question isn't, what do we mean? The question becomes, why bother? I don't really know the answer to either. So that's it. That's all we got for you. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to Kieran for letting me adapt her story into this episode. This episode also featured the acting and debut of my dad, Mark Garcia, as well. The father. Music featured in this episode was by Anara George and Monroeville Music Center. If you'd like to find out more about the show or how you can collaborate with me, you can visit EarlRegions.com. And again, thanks for listening.